Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. J-Mac cannot make today's episode, but as always, we have a great episode lined out for you guys. As you guys can tell from the title of today's episode, we're going to be doing our weekly uh, preview for Week 5 against the New York Jets. A lot of anticipation. Obviously, not as much drama heading into this one as it was early in the offseason with all the Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett dilemma, but... Um, we still have a lot to go over today with our keys to victory, player predictions, players to watch, and score predictions at the very end. So make sure you guys, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, sub up. Let us know in the comments what you guys think throughout today's episode. And as always, please comment your score predictions. Closest score prediction will win a shout out on our next episode, reacting to the uh, week six game or the, this week's five game uh, this Sunday. Uh, but with that being said, Jordan, how are you doing today, brother? Doing good. We got a good slate of college football on Saturday, and then we got a good NFL slate on Sunday. So a yes, lot sir. of football to look forward to. A lot, a lot of football. Um, football, best time of the year. Uh, one of the, in my opinion, best sports. So you just got to love it, man. Back-to-back days of um, – Obviously, a lot of great, great teams playing, and then obviously the Broncos and uh, the Broncos and Jets this week. Um, a lot to go over. Starting off with the injury report, obviously two one and three teams. Like I said, not as much a hype going into this one, but I mean, we we said it on our live stream yesterday and previous episodes. There is this is easily the must like must win game here. If the Broncos lose, they might very well be going into a rebuild. It's just it's tough, man, but. To be more, you know, encouraged for the uh, potential Broncos win, they do have some key players returning. Uh, Baron Browning is ruled out; he's not expected to play until Week Seven, according to our good friend Mario Vitanze. Um, we'll see how that looks out with him. Maybe he does come back sooner than expected, but questionable. We have center Lloyd Cushenberry with a quad issue, uh, nose tackle Mike Purcell with a rib issue, and then uh, Javante Williams running back uh, with, with a little bit of a quad injury suffered in last, last week's win against uh, the Chicago Bears in the first half. Um, I do expect him to play. We'll see how he looks. Um, I'm sure he, uh, he said that he... I mean, expected himself to be questionable on the injury report, but he does expect to play. Um, so here we are. Uh, I think I think he'll be ready for this one. Then active, some big gets. I mean, we have Frank Clark, Justin mm-hmm. Simmons, PJ Locke, Jerry Judy, Josie Jewell, all expected to play in this one. Some big players returning for the defense, all on the defensive side of the ball, some uh, big names. How much of an impact do you think this is going to have um, against the, uh, the Jets' offense this week? Um, obviously, Nathaniel Hackett making his return to Denver. Um, a lot of people are calling his home. Homecoming. I would not like to call it that because um, I think this is anything short of a homecoming. But um, how are you feeling about these uh, big names returning to the Mile High this week? We needed we need a dub at home, man. It's been a while. Do you think uh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to get a tribute video? I, I'm hoping the tribute video is of the the fans counting down the play clock on uh, second right. and ten with the Texans here. All right, uh, I should be, be fitting. I should have even asked. Uh, these defensive players, I do think I believe that they're going to make a difference. How much of a difference, I do not know. But as of right now, going from 32nd to 29 or 28 will be a huge difference. Uh, we've talked about that uh, as at length about that in previous episodes. We just need to just get a little bit better on defense, and our offense will do the rest. But guys like Justin Simmons get, uh, getting back healthy. P.J. Locke, I think, is an underrated player coming back. I think he's going to help out that secondary a lot. I think even – Increasing Riley Moss's playing time feels like would it, it would feel like an addition in that secondary. Uh, Josie Jewell obviously coming back uh, from injury and everyone else. Frank Clark even boosting up that pass rush. I'm expecting our defense to be a bit better. 
I don't know how much if it is going to improve, but I do expect for some things to at least get cleaned up on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I am expecting improvement this week. Um, it's a, it's a bad Jets offense. I mean, they they played solid last week, um, but you never know, man. It's just like players turn in the Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers, All Pro players when they play us. But I do expect improvement this week. I know we keep saying this every week, but these these key players coming back, I do think it makes a difference, especially when you have an All Pro like Justin Simmons and then PJ Locke. We haven't even seen him on the field at all this year. You talk about going from the Lauren Turner yell to PJ Locke. That's a massive upgrade, in my opinion, at yeah. least in my opinion. We had him on the show earlier this year. Um, he is, I, I think, he's bound for like a really, really good season. Um, I think with Caden Stearns out, he could very well uh, steal that starting job away from Cream Jackson. Maybe a hot take there. Um, but let's go ahead, and before we jump into our keys to victory, we have a plot twist. After oh. all, despite Randy Gregory um, being released from the team, Sean Payton did mention that. Uh, there would be a 24 to 48 hour uh, period where they were looking for trade partners. Turns out George Payton does deal away Randy Gregory in a 2024 seventh round pick to the San Francisco 49ers uh, GM, John Lynch, former Bronco for a 2024 sixth round pick. Um, so the Broncos actually get a pick swap out, out of this after all, and uh, they don't have to eat all of a, uh, Randy Gregory's $11 million base salary. They're going to be eating the majority, majority of it. And obviously they, that the dead cap and then, um, all of the guarantee money obviously goes to Randy Gregory, but this does help out the Broncos a little bit money wise. And the fact that they're getting a pick swap, they jumped up and around for this. It's a looking a lot better than just, you know, letting go of him in the first place. I'm surprised if I'm being honest, if we, we even got a, a suitor for Randy Gregory. I know that, and that's not bashing the player. It's just the, if the teams would just look at the film, the film has not been great. I'm surprised we got a pick swap out of it. And we got a six-rounder out of it, which I'm more than ecstatic. I thought, if anything, it would have been like a seventh-round pick. But a sixth-round pick would do. So I'm happy the 49ers uh, uh, decided to do that pick swap with us. So who would have thought? I think the only film they were watching was uh, that that Niners game last year. Because if you guys recall, that was his best game as a Broncos. That was he. He was wrecking havoc. I think that's where all Broncos country was like, yeah, that contract is looking like it paid off, but way too early, way too soon. Obviously, a lot of injury concerns. We we had a whole episode breaking down uh, that that move. Me and Jordan. Um, so obviously, he was it was time for him to go. But uh, a little bit of a surprise. The Broncos at the last minute get a, a pick swap, and he's going to the Niners. Um, obviously, the Niners add some depth there at defensive line. Their defense is just ridiculous. Um, really, really talented unit. Um, so they add Randy Gregory to that unit. You expect them to get better at least. Um, yeah. so especially on a uh, you know a staff like that, um, he's only going to get a, you know better. Obviously, very lackluster this year. Can't be mad about it at all. Um, it just you know George Payne. We've been you know judging him a lot, and I even saw some Broncos fans you know excited by the fact that you know praising George Payne for making that swap. But the reason that we're even having to dump him off in the first place is because George Payton uh, made that signing from the get go. So um, wouldn't praise him too much for this, but I will say um, it's a good you know collective uh, move and transaction here by Sean Payton and George Payton to deal away uh, Randy Gregory at the last minute and get a pick swap, but. Let's go ahead and jump into our keys to victory for this week's five game against the New York Jets. It's going to be on CBS at 425 Eastern, 325 Central, and 225 Mountain Time in Denver, like we mentioned. Um, the Broncos are headed back home. And the biggest question this week, how do the Broncos avoid a 1-4 and four start? Like I said yesterday, 
only I believe only seven or eight teams in NFL history since uh, the modern the modern era started in 1978 have actually started the season one and four and made the playoffs. So that if the Broncos lose this week, their chances go from like 20 percent to like. 0.1% if we're being honest like that is a wide margin and so this that that you know highly signifies the fact that they have to win this game and like you said like this is a winnable game they have to go out this out this week and at least win by a touchdown like if you're an actual playoff contender and you want to prove it to us you got to take advantage of this this uh this Jets offense and then I want to talk about this Jets defense first before before we go in and start listing off our keys to victory the Jets defense is kind of overrated for being honest. Like they're they're a bend don't break unit, don't get me wrong, but certain categories we can attack them. They're allowing 368 yards per game. That's 22nd in the NFL. They're 28th in run defense. They're 26th in pass rush with just 7 sacks. That's worth worse than the Broncos. They're allowing 46.8% completion on third downs. That's 28th worse than the Broncos. I mean, there there are areas where they're actually a very very poor unit. Like I have praised the Jets defense, but diving into their stats and doing research they're actually a pretty poor unit, but the biggest thing that separates them from the Broncos is they are a brand, they are a bend don't break type unit. Vance Joseph is a bend and break type unit. Like he's gonna, you're gonna lead down the field and he's gonna give up. The, you're gonna get the touchdown. Like when it yeah. comes to Robert Salas' defense, they're lying for uh, 21 points per game this year through four games. That's 14th in the NFL. So in that aspect, they're above average. But if the Broncos can take advantage and be a good red zone um, offense, which they have been a really really good red zone offense this year, just miles of improvement from last year with Nathaniel Hackett, um, I think they could very well be on the way to winning this game. But uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like, what are your thoughts on the Jets' defense? Because just from a statistical, you know, standpoint, they're a pretty overrated unit. But I will say they're really good at red zone defense. Well, Amir, you took the words right out of my mouth because I was listening to Michael Lombardi earlier today, and he mentioned the same exact thing you just mentioned. Hey, Lombo. Uh, the New York Jets defense has not been what people think they've been this year, meaning everyone has praised the New York Jets defense. Talk about Sauce Gardner, Corner Williams, all these people, but they have not played up to expectations. And I don't think people have realized that. If you dive into the numbers, like how you just said right now, they have not been great. Last week against the, uh, against the Chiefs, and I know it's the Chiefs, but they've been struggling a bit, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The Jets' defense gave up almost 200 yards in the first quarter. First quarter. So, I like, Broncos fans, I hope, are starting to realize as we get closer to game day, this Jets' defense is not the defense that we all think it is. They have their flaws, and I think the Broncos' offense is going to have a very good matchup on their hands, favoring them going into Sunday. And that's why I believe 2-3 and three after Sunday's game is a very, very likely outcome for the Broncos. And trust me, I know we talk about sauce Gardner a lot. He's a great corner, even though he holds a lot. That's another discussion for another day. Uh, they have a great defensive line, but listen, their defensive line hasn't been getting that much sacks or even pressures. I know we talk about our pass rushers, not getting to the quarterback. We have one more sack than the jets do all season. This and season. they invested so many first round picks in that D line. But yeah, if I know Broncos country has been, Oh, we haven't been getting to the quarterback. Well, the jets can't either. So this is going to be real interesting. I, I, I like our matchups here. I like the, our offense against their defense. I know that might not be a popular pick amongst the national media, but the national media believes that Russ is not playing good. So 
don't even worry about that. But for us, actually, you know, actually looking into the numbers and stuff like that, the Broncos offense, in my opinion, is favored in this matchup. Yeah, and their offensive line, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've had some issues through the first four weeks. I know we were hearing about there's like often lack of offensive uh, line communication. Hackett wasn't, um, you know, making the proper adjustments there. Obviously, Zach Wilson just not making much uh, adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Um, their offensive line is honestly worse than ours. So our pass rush could honestly get home a lot more than theirs uh, in this game, um, especially with, you know, the factor of the noise in Denver and everything Broncos fans are going to be. Um, you know, loud and proud, uh, I guess you could say. So um, we'll see. Uh, but one of my first keys to victory, obviously we talked about the Jets defense. I want to talk about the Broncos defense. Just from a schematic standpoint, I mean, VJ literally said in his press conference and um, we talked about in our live yesterday, like he was talking about running more five-man rushes and man coverage and how it worked in the fourth quarter. Well, let's do more of that in this game. I think it'll lead to a victory very well and a much better defensive performance like that we that we've seen the last um three four weeks so um i think just running more man coverage all across the board run some more coverage too. coverage zero cover one robber like let's get some more light boxes more you know those blip packages aren't really working for vj so those five man rushes will do it um i feel like and just like i said run more man coverage across the board i want to see some cover one robber this week um just man coverage all across the board i think that'll be the way for the broncos to uh you know very well take advantage of this highly talented uh jets uh receiver unit because if they're going to be laying up these uh, easy receptions and zone coverage all game long, like we saw in the first three quarters for Justin Fields last week, uh, you know, in Chicago. I think it's going to be very, very easy for Garrett, guys like Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, um, even some of those younger guys at the bottom of the depth chart to pick up easy yak in this game and just torch the Broncos secondary. Um, I know they're getting PJ Locke and Justin Simmons back, but you got to run man coverage across the board. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Um, hopefully it'll get through Vance Joseph said. Yeah. Whatever adjustments Vance Joseph made, and you talked about it, the five man rushes and running more man coverage. I hope we start off the game like that, that PS2 follow uh, Garrett Wilson around the, the field and then match up from there. I, w- I wouldn't even be uh, opposed to the fact that we do what Bill Belichick has always done, which is put PS2 on the wide receiver two and then double team the wide receiver one. That's how Bill has frustrated some of the offenses. But at this point, just let PS2 and Garrett Wilson go at it 1v1. I like our chances there. But, yeah, Vance Joseph just – and I know you mentioned the five-man pressures, but when we blitz, I hope it's just more than five-man. I hope we I hope we send six or six because – Five-man yeah. pressures, in my opinion, are not really a blitz. It's good for every once in a while. Exactly. I'm glad he found that recipe. But when you want a blitz, especially against Zach Wilson, put some pressure in his face, you got to send six. You got to send six or more. You got to get in the pressure of Zach Wilson. You got to make him feel uncomfortable in that pocket. Yeah, he crumbles under pressure. I mean, he's, I mean, I'll just say he's horrible under pressure. So I think a young quarterback, still relatively young quarterback like him, I think the Broncos could take advantage. Um, Obviously, that goes on the players too. It's not just Vance Joseph taking the right angles, getting the right pressure, taking advantage of your uh, one on one matchups. It's going to be key in this game uh, for how the Broncos can disrupt that Jets offense and give Hackett some issues uh, there on the Broncos sideline. I know he's had already had a lot of issues on the Broncos sideline. So uh, let's make make it happen for that Jets offense this time around. Um, so one of my next keys to victory uh, for the Broncos offensive line, I already talked a little bit about them. I say 
double quit double team Quinn Williams. I mean, don't let him be the reason that the Broncos offense has a bad week. I think if any defensive player on the Jets is going to have a big game, I think it's going to be Quinn Williams. I don't care if we have, I mean, also another big thing to talk about Lloyd Cushenberry. He's questionable. Yeah. Alex, I don't know who I think uh, Luke Wattenberg's next in line. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Quinton Williams could be on his way to a three sack day. I mean, I, I'm just gonna, I'm going to say it now. Like this could be very bad if Lloyd Cushenberry is not able to go. So if he's not able to go, and even if he is, you got a double team Quinton Williams, man. He is a dog. Um, yeah, he's just going to wreck havoc at any means necessary. I think with you have guys like Chris Mannert, um, Adam Trotman. Um, you have and that Nate Atkins, all all three really good blockers. Like you sign uh, Adam, you sign Chris Mannis for a reason. He's an extra offensive lineman. All right, so throw an extra offensive lineman at Quinn Williams. Like let's get some double teams going. Don't let him be the reason that Russell Wilson gets sacked five times on Sunday. I mean, he's really the only defensive line player that has been doing well for them. But yeah. even at that, they still haven't gotten much pressure the whole season. But yeah, if Lloyd Cushenberry and I know he's questionable, but we really need him to play on Sunday because just my opinion, I do not trust Luke Wattenberg as the backup center for the Broncos and uh, going up against uh, some of the best uh, interior defensive uh, linemen in the league. So we need Kush to play. And also, I I like the strategy of double teaming that guy. Don't let that be the reason why we lose on Sunday. That can just be one easy fix, double him, make it hard on him. And uh, I think this offense should uh, get rolling against his defense. Uh, my last two keys to victory pound the rock. I mean, the jets, like I said, 28th worst run defense in the league. I know we have the the worst run defense, um, but they do have the 28th worst, uh, their secondary, pretty stout secondary. I will say though, DJ Reed being ruled out. That's a matchup. The Broncos can expose with Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, Corlin Sun, whoever they, they want it to be. Um, so I think DJ Reed and then, uh, Brandon Eccles, I think his name is, uh, he's also ruled out. So Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall is going to be starting alongside Sauce Gardner. That is a matchup that Russell Wilson should be immediately his first read targeting. Like, I, I think that's a matchup the Broncos can expose. But then when it comes to the run game, man, like I said, the Jets have been our, our atrocious run defense. I think Javante and Samaje Pirine, Jaleel McLaughlin too, they got to be big parts of uh, why the Broncos put points up on the board Sunday. Yeah, I would like to see Javante get his first touchdown on Sunday. Just all the... I don't want to say hate that he's been getting uh, recently, but just all the, I don't know, people are not believing in him like they used to just because he's coming back from an injury. He hasn't looked like his old self. But I think on Sunday could be a big day for him, especially just because the Jets' defense not that great at uh, stopping the run. So I'm hoping Javante can have a, a, a big game, especially against his former OC, Nathaniel Hackett. And he also scored his uh, his first. It's kind of like a full circle moment. He scored his first touchdown against the Jets at home, and he did the Jet celebration for those of you guys that remember. Um, so I would love. Imagine he does that again this Sunday. That that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, and then, like you said, facing his former OC, he's had some very. Javante's had. He's a, not a, a very talkative guy, but he's had some interesting conversations or you know quotes when talking about Hackett. He's called him. He's said like, I don't like all the hoorah in the locker. Room. I don't like those guys that are all super, you know, upbeat, crazy. And he's talked about how he likes how low key Sean Payton is and how smart, you know, and the attention to detail he is. Those are all, you know, opposite of what Nathaniel Hackett is. So I think this could be a, you know, this is how you should have used me type thing. Um, and he kind of goes off against that Jets team. I know it's not Nathaniel Hackett's defense, but 
I would love to see Javante go off this uh, this season. We'll talk about our offensive player of the game predictions um, coming up soon. My last key to victory before I let you go, Jordan, play smart football. Um, I think this Jets defense, if they're going to have any way of you know winning this game, it's going to be from having turnovers. Russell Wilson got to be got to play a clean game. I know he's been playing at an all time level with this uh, to the start of this season. Um, he's been playing you know like a top five quarterback basically in every statistical category. Um, so I think playing smart football, uh, running backs, hold on to the football. I think they could very well put up, you know, north of like 24 points per game. As long as they just don't give the Jets any opportunities with, uh, you know, to give the offense a short field, uh, you know, starting field positions. And that transitions perfectly into my uh, first key to victory, which is winning the turnover margin. The Broncos right now in the season is minus two and the Jets are at zero. So I believe that the Broncos need to force turnovers and not turn over the ball. It sounds simple enough, but we are right now minus two in that category during the season. I think we have to win the turnover margin this game. We have to win the turnover battle, period, against the Jets in order to even sniff a victory. I know that offense of the Jets is not good, but we need to force turnovers out of Zach Wilson, maybe even force a fumble with a, a big hit from Kareem Jackson, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton. Someone like that. We know we need to win that turnover margin. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Couldn't have said it better. Um, and I think you got the right players returning this week with Justin Simmons, PJ Locke. PJ Locke, a lot of people don't remember. He forced that fumble uh in the Niners game, one of his last games, or not one of his last games, excuse me. Um, but in that Niners game last year. Last year, he forced that fumble and basically won the game for the Broncos. They obviously recovered it. Cream Jackson did. Um, so I think that's a key piece. He's talked about it on our show, actually, about how he's watched film of players specifically on the technique uh, in fundamental of how they, you know, force fumbles and create turnovers. I think P.J. Locke could, you know, uh, resume uh, that, you know, elite ability that he's trying to, you know, possess uh, in this game against the uh, against the Jets on Sunday. And I agree. My second key to victory, we've talked about it a lot. I know what I'm thinking, Amir. What am I talking about? Get Jared Judy involved. Get him above. Get get him at least eight, like six, seven, eight targets. I mean, he's gonna do he's gonna do magic with that. I mean, you just you just mentioned it yourself. The corner from the Jets, what's his name again? DJ Reed. Yeah, DJ Reed's out. Yeah, and they're also the other corners out. I mean, you have to get not only players like Judy, but you got to get Marvin Mims uh, part of the offense. You got to get him more involved. You have to get these playmakers more involved. I am just begging everyone in that organization to get these to the ball more, especially against a depleted secondary against the Jets. And my third and last key to victory, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, win the middle eight. Please, we have not done a good job at doing that, and we've seen our team in tough situations after the middleweight. If we can win the middleweight just for once this season, I believe we can win this game relatively easy. I'm telling you, middleweight is one of the most key components in the game to winning, and we have not won it yet. Win the middleweight against the Jets, and we come out with a win. Yeah, we talk about it week in and week out, and that seems to be every time what the Broncos specifically struggle with, even on offense. Like, offense is averaging 25 a game, which is awesome, but they're always struggling in the middle eight, it seems like. So if we can at least win that, I think we could very well uh, be, you know, coming away two and three after this game. Um, But 
Uh, speaking of predictions, let's go ahead and start off with offensive, defensive player of the game. Starting on the offensive side of the ball, who do you have balling out this week on the stat sheet for the Broncos, Jordan? I am going with someone that was probably hurt the most last year due to Nathaniel Hackett and all the drama and I don't know what words to put for what he did to this guy. I mean, literally, he has a bad reputation now just because of that one season, because of what happened last year. I think this is one of the biggest revenge games of his career. And honestly, I think he I think he circled this game on his calendar. <laughs> and he's been waiting for this game for ever since it came out. I think Russell Wilson is going to have the best game of his career on Sunday. Woo! Oh, my goodness. What a take. That is a bold take. Russell Wilson. I mean, we're talking about the pro, the multi, like the eight time, the six, seven, eight time Pro Bowler, all the great games he's had. I love that, especially against uh, the Jets defense. Obviously, one of the 14th in the NFL in points per game allowed to see if he lights up that. Actually, that's crazy because he literally said in one of his interviews earlier this week that he would love to um, stack points on the board, like light up the scoreboard. Exactly what he said. Go look it up. That imagine he actually does it. I mean, I, I just want fans to like real like I know we talk about like the Sean Payne and Nathaniel Hackett drama, but I think it goes deeper than this, man. Like Russell Wilson went through a lot. And I that's not even describing what he went through last year. I mean, and I'm not saying Nathaniel Hackett is all like the reason why. He's for sure the majority of the reason why, but he did like irreparable damage to his reputation last year and his hall like Let's, let's face it. I think Russell Wilson is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he even damaged his resume to a point last year that it was just the whole season yeah. of him just playing bad. I mean, this – I know, again, Payne, Hackett, all this drama, Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers. I think everyone's forgetting about the one guy that was really, really damaged last year because of Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm telling you, man, I think vintage, vintage Russ is coming out on Sunday. I love that. You're actually the only person I've seen even bring this up. The fact that what Russell Wilson went through last year and just him, you know, potentially circling this on his calendar. I, I, I'm, a, I'm excited, man. And it's going to be in front of Broncos country. That's the absolute best part about it. I would love for him to ball this week. While I would, I, while I do think he will have a good game, I'm going to go ahead and go different. I'm going to go with Javante Williams. I think just with that Jets run defense, I think them being really, really bad, I don't think it's going to get much better this year. They, it's just so weird because they have so many first-round picks invested into that D-line, and they're just like not good at stopping the run. I mean, even at you look at running, uh, I was on um, – I was on a Jets podcast, uh, uh, Jets podcast earlier this week. Um, shout out to Bubs. Um, he had me on there, and he basically talked about how the Jets just really, really are really, really poor at stopping not only the run but rushing quarterbacks, like dual threat quarterbacks. So that could play into yours. Like Russell Wilson could not only have like two passing touchdowns, even more, but he could also have a rushing touchdown and like 50, 60 rushing yards. Like he lost all that weight this year. We still have yet to see him like really have a really good game, like running the football. So if they implement that in the game plan this week, man, he could be, have a really good game. But I do think Javante is going to get like one or two rushing touchdowns this week. I do think, like you said, uh, it's going to be a first, his first touchdown of the year. And I think it, he could even have more than just one. And especially with all the talk that we've heard now that you know Nathaniel Hackett really didn't use Russ's legs for whatever apparent reason why. And we've seen pain kind of – we've seen the flash with Russ's legs a little bit 
this season yeah. already. And let me tell you something. If you think Payne is not going to bring out all the tricks up his sleeves for offense, especially with Russ, I mean, they know how much this game means to them. I know everyone wants to go on Hackett's side and pretend he's like the innocent one and all that. But, man, let me tell you why. I know Payne has something in store for, for Russ. It feels like they're on this revenge tour together. Yeah, I love it. And let's go ahead and hop into our defensive player of the game predictions. I'll go ahead and start off. I mean, he's arguably, besides PS2, the best player on the defense, one of the best players on the team. Justin Simmons coming back after missing two straight games. I got I got him having a really good game. I think the defense, the secondary, miss him so much. I think that goes a little bit un, uh, you know, unnoticed from Broncos fans just because allowing um, you know, 70 points and then allowing 28 to, you know, one of the worst offenses in the Bears. I mean, I think uh, having Justin Simmons back this week, uh, he had a pick on uh, he had a pick on Zach Wilson in 2021. I think he gets another one this Sunday. Justin Simmons was one of the guys I was thinking about on the defensive side. And Amir, I don't know if you noticed, but I have not been close to a defensive player of the game prediction at all. I mean, I literally picked Riley Moss last week. He didn't even play a snap. So... <laughs> I'm going to go with players I know who's going to play. I mean, and to be, to be fair, that wasn't my fault last week. I was expecting for him to play. All the signs were pointing for him to get these snaps. Yeah, but, they said they're, he's going to be a, getting a limited snap count. They didn't put him out there. Yeah, but I forgot who the DC was. But to, for my defensive player of the game prediction, I'm going to go with the player of the game that was last week. I'm going with Nick Benito. I think, yeah, I think he stacks up back-to-back games. I think he has a two-sack game against the Jets. That's the biggest thing with me with Nick Benito. Like, yeah, you can have a great game against a poor Bears O-line, but I want to see you be consistent with it. I want to see you stack performances. I want to see you, like with Vaughn Miller, when he would have three sacks, we could we know that he would go out the next week and probably have like two, like one and a half. Like he stacks good performances. If Nick Benito wants to be that elite second-round pick that we selected him, stack back-to-back performances, and then, yeah, we're talking. We're talking. We got an actual franchise edge rusher in him. Um, I still do have my questions with that pass rush, but if, if him, him and Jaku can really start stacking and performances, I'll be very, very excited about the two of those. Maybe we won't even have to draft the edge rusher earlier, uh, earlier um, in the draft in 2024, like we expect. Um, but to cap off the episode, Jordan, who do you have winning this game, and by how much? It's a big game, man. We got to win this game. It's absolutely must win. I've been thinking about this score prediction for a while. I was close last week, and then I've I've made a. Uh, like, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, like, drive for drive, what's going to happen? I think I've came up with the right number. I think the Broncos win. We're two and three. I know I've mentioned my plan on here before, going into Kansas City on Thursday, so I'm going to stick with that. I think we win on Sunday. I think the score is going to be 27-16. Ooh, 16 scored by Hackett. We've seen that one. We've seen that one before. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and agree that the Broncos win this one. But I will say I think it's going to be a closer game. I think the Jets defense is going to get some stops. I think the Broncos offense won't be as high powered as they have been. Um, but I say the Broncos win 24 to 21. I say Russ gets uh, either one or two touchdowns and then Javante gets uh, either the one or two other touchdowns. Um, and I think uh, Will Letts will obviously kick another field goal. Um, so I say Broncos win this one 24 to 21. Hackett will surpass 16 points, surprisingly in the mile high for the first time in a long time. 
Uh, obviously, we fired him after that Rams game, so I'm not even sure when the last time Hackett even scored over 16 the mile high. I'm not even sure if it did ever. happen. Yeah, did yeah. he ever score 16? Well, Nathaniel Hackett has only scored twice over 16 points last year in the mile high. And to be fair, he was not even calling the plays at the time. It was Justin Outen, who was by far our best play caller, by the way, because he was the ones that got our guys involved. But he yep. never scored over 16 points as the play caller. So let's see now as the full-time play caller for the Jets if he can finally get over 16 points. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. And like I said, guys, this is a must-win. Absolutely have to win this game this Sunday. Cannot afford to uh, fall to 1-4 and four in the season. And like we said, we've had a lot of talks on the show. Broncos might be on their way to a potential rebuild. I, I will say, though, like if the Broncos, it's very close – and like they barely lose, and let's say we lose because of some like BS officiating, which we have seen in the mile high. Um, I will say maybe they don't go immediately in resorting to a rebuild. And when we talk about rebuild, we're not saying they're going to trade every single player. Like we, we we could see if let's say we get just embarrassed on Sunday. I will say we will probably trade like Justin Simmons or Garrett Bowles, like um, maybe like a Josie Jewell or like a maybe a Javon, like whoever it is, a Cortland Sutton. Like they will like they will look to uh, start gaining some draft capital because when you're one and four, very very slight chance you win the playoffs. J Mac talked about in our live yesterday. Like you got the Chiefs twice, you got the Packers, you got some, you got the Bills, and it just doesn't get easier from there on out. And then you got the Chargers, you still got to play twice, and then you got the Raiders, who whatever reason we just can't beat, even though they're they're still at the bottom of the division. Like it, it's it's rough, man. The Broncos have to win. They're, like Jordan said, this is a variable very winnable game. Broncos got to go two and three after Sunday. Um, but with that being said, that's gonna be it for today's episode. Make sure you guys, if you listen. On YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe. Help us get to 2K subs and comment down below your score prediction and your keys to victory. Did we miss anything? Please let us know down below. We leave love reading your uh, feedback as always. Um, and then if you're listening over that on Spotify and that podcast, make sure you guys hit the follow button, leave a five star rating, and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. With that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co host, Jordan Lopez. So, next episode, peace out, everybody. Peace.